Hello and welcome to this podcast from the International Monetary Fund. I'm Jocelyn Frank. You can reduce trade barriers and trade will go up, but unless you do the domestic reforms, it's very difficult for the country to reap the full advantages of an open trade regime. When it comes to global trade agreements, they come in all shapes and sizes. In the past few decades, the WTO has led the charge. But regional trade agreements may be moving into a popular position again. Douglas Irwin is a professor of economics at Dartmouth College. He attended the recent World Bank IMF annual spring meetings to discuss the future of global trade. I sat down with Professor Irwin to ask him what's really going on here. What's the state of global trade right now? Well, one thing that people are worried about is the slowdown in the rate of growth of world trade. In the 1990s, it grew exceptionally rapidly, and uh, world trade was booming. And over the past decade or so, the rate of growth has been quite slow. It partly reflects the fact that the world economy is growing much more slowly, but it also, I think, reflects sort of the new normal, that we're going to have to get accustomed to slower rates of growth in world trade. Trade just uh, isn't growing as rapidly as it had in the past. So with this slower trade, what are some of the biggest challenges that countries face as they're trying to continue their economic growth? Well, I think they have to shift to some extent from uh, removing trade barriers and and barriers at the border to trade to thinking about domestic reforms that can uh, expand trade. So, for example, in Africa, uh, it's very costly to bring crops from the field to the port cities where it can be exported. And if you don't have that internal transportation network, it's going to be very hard to get your goods out onto the world market, regardless of the state of your barriers or other countries' barriers to trade. So I think looking forward, uh, countries are going to have to look to domestic reforms to try to enhance trade. Can you give me some examples of places that have really embraced those kinds of domestic reforms in the recent past um, and have seen some of the payoff there? That's a great question. Um, I can think of more examples of countries that have done the trade reforms without having done the domestic reforms necessary to bring about further gains from trade. And I think the poster child here is India in some sense. Uh, India in 1991 uh, dramatically liberalized its trade regime, and they've been bringing down trade barriers quite a bit. Trade has expanded, but they still have a lot of labor market regulations, land market regulations, and not exactly a a business environment conducive to uh, large firm growth and innovation that they should. And so, once again, you can reduce trade barriers and trade will go up, but unless you do these other reforms, it's very difficult for the country to reap the full advantages of an open trade regime. There's active discussion these days about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a trade agreement with goals to reduce trade barriers and strengthen largely the relationship between the United States and Japan. What does this reveal about the state of global trade? Well, it actually shows you, I think, uh, how much the world of trade has changed. So in the 1990s and before, most trade agreements or the major provisions of trade agreements had to do with reducing tariffs, eliminating quotas, abolishing voluntary export restraints, um, measures at the border, they're called, uh, trade policy protection. And uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is really much more of a regulatory agreement. The United States already has free trade agreements with many of the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership countries. So it's not so much eliminating tariffs. It's uh, looking at product safety standards, technical standards, national treatment for service providers that sort of in tra- trade and services is, is a little bit different because it doesn't quite travel from one country to another. It's much more related to investment and labor mobility. And so it's outside of the usual 
um, tariff-cutting exercise. It's getting into domestic regulatory issues. But I think we're in this new era where um, tariffs have come down a lot. That's going to be emphasized less in future trade negotiations, and a lot of these more amorphous uh, regulatory issues will come to the fore. It's been said that this Trans-Pacific partnership is somewhat a response to trade agreements between China and many of its European trading partners. Are we entering an era of competitive trade agreements that feels somewhat new, or has this always been going on? It's uh, relatively new. Um, you know, there, the growth of bilateral and regional trade arrangements really dates from the maybe late 1980s, um, and it proliferated quite a bit in the 1990s. But um, it really wasn't associated with uh, great power politics or trying to exclude certain countries or things of that sort. It was really a way of bypassing what many people saw as the slow multilateral process and getting like-minded countries to liberalize in uh, similar ways. And fortunately, I don't see anything changing at the WTO level or at the multilateral level. So I think the future will continue to be these regional and bilateral agreements. How much do you think the rise of China's economy has impacted this approach to trade? I think the rise of China has changed the world trading uh, scene quite significantly. There's a big debate about what the rules should be going forward. And the U.S. under the current administration has not been tremendously enthusiastic about new trade agreements, but I think it felt compelled to pursue the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership in part because if there's a vacuum, if there's a void, if the U.S. isn't engaged uh, in this process of setting trade rules, other countries will come in or anarchy will reign. So um, there is some competitive element, I think, to what's going on. Douglas Irwin is a professor in the Department of Economics at Dartmouth College. He's a research associate of the National Bureau of Economic Research and previously served on the President's Council of Economic Advisors. You can find a webcast of the seminar he participated in at imf.org. Search for The New Global Trade Landscape, Challenges and Opportunities. And to hear additional podcasts like this one, please visit www.soundcloud.com slash imf dash podcasts.